BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Prince Harry loses a key plank of his lawsuit and is left out of a major announcement by his climate project. But he has a summer visit to Asia planned. I'm Jack Royston, Newsweek's Chief Royal Correspondent, and this is Newsweek's Royal Report. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the show. So, big news from the High Court in London this week, and it is not good news for Prince Harry. Um, I think some news outlets got a little bit lost in the technicalities of this ruling, in my personal opinion. So, I'm going to try to break it down so it's kind of simple and not too technical. Uh, It all began in 2019, when Prince Harry sued the publisher of The Sun, which is kind of the big Rupert Murdoch-owned UK tabloid newspaper. Many people may well have heard of it. Um, had major scoops on Harry over the years, um, including the kind of Nazi uniform front page, etc., etc. So he sued on historic allegations of phone hacking. So listening in on voicemail messages specifically left on his phone or the phones of his friends and the people around him. Um, and he also separately alleged a whole load of other unlawful practices. So we're talking about what in Britain we call blagging, but essentially it kind of means posing as somebody you're not in order to try to get something that you're not supposed to have. In this case, it's best explained as, for example, trying to obtain flight records for Prince Harry's girlfriend, Chelsea Davy is one of the one of the allegations. Um, so there's also allegations against the News of the World in there, which is a, a now defunct, closed down tabloid newspaper also owned by Ruth Murdoch. It was shut down in 2011 during the height of the phone hacking scandal. Now, for those in the UK newspaper industry particularly, but also just everybody who was really consumed by the phone hacking scandal when it blew up originally, you know, everybody knows The Sun always said that they never hacked phones. You know, this scandal was so big that it closed the news of the world, which was this massive behemoth of a tabloid, Sunday tabloid newspaper, which did massive, regular, massive exposés on celebrities to the extent that every week on a Saturday night, you know, journalists from other tabloids would be wondering what the news of the world had this week. What big scandal, big story was going to break about a celebrity on the Sunday that followed. Uh, So it was a massive, massive moment in the history of the British newspaper when the news of the world shut down. The Sun always said that the illegal practices were confined to the news of the world and that there was no phone hacking at the Sun. So a big part of what Harry's trying to do with this lawsuit was prove that that was wrong. In fact, he goes more than, uh, he goes further than suggesting it's wrong. He went as far as suggesting that it was a false denial or i.e. a lie. And had he succeeded in proving this, it would have been a massive bloody nose for Rupert Murdoch and for a newspaper that has been very critical of him, has published some of, uh, you know, Dan Wooten, a columnist who people might have seen in the news recently, uh, used to work for The Sun. Uh, is you know, there's a lot of bad blood between Harry and The Sun dating back many years. So he would have, it would have been a massive win for Harry and he would have uh, absolutely loved to beat them in court um, on phone hacking specifically because that was what closed the news of the world. However, that is not going to happen now for reasons that I should explain. So, 
In its response, Newsgroup Newspapers, or News UK as it's now called, which is the publisher of The Sun and the News of the World, um, launched an attempt to get the case thrown out without the needs for a trial. It's called summary judgment. And it's basically you go to the judge and you say, my case is so strong here that there is no prospect of the other side winning at trial to the point that there is no point in actually having a trial at all. And last week, a judge ruled that on the phone hacking allegations specifically, the son was right, that Harry's case was so weak that there was no point in taking it to trial. That weakness, however, and this is the bit I think Harry will find really, really frustrating, is that it wasn't actually on the grounds that the allegations were untrue. It was that he filed it so late that he's kind of like lost on a technicality. You're supposed to bring claims within six years. Um, And Harry, you know, the News of the World apologised to Prince Harry for hacking his phone uh, way back in 2006. This case was filed in 2019. So Harry was always going to need to do something quite dramatic to show that he hadn't run out of time. And in the eyes of the judge, he couldn't do it. And now one thing that was discussed in court was that even if he didn't specifically know that the son may possibly have hacked his phone all those years ago, um, having discovered that the News of the World very definitely had hacked his phone because, you know, people were convicted, um, he could very easily have asked his lawyers to look into it and then they would have uncovered that the son had been publishing bits of his private information which might hypothetically have been the product of phone hacking. So Harry wanted to um, try to get round all this by saying that there was a secret agreement between the palace and the Murdoch Empire to settle claims quietly after all the other court cases had been by, brought by other celebrities had been dealt with. And this is where it got kind of really murky in terms of dragging his family and dragging the monarchy and also specifically dragging his brother into this lawsuit. So he kind of like suggested a sort of shadowy, sinister conspiracy between the monarchy and Rupert Murdoch. And obviously Rupert Murdoch is a controversial figure. So this is a controversial controversial thing to claim about about your family and the institution that they serve um, and also specifically in you know in an effort to kind of find some sort of evidence to support these claims he told the world that prince william had received a compensation payment from the murdoch empire uh, for the fact that his phone was hacked Now, Harry's phone and William's phone were definitely both hacked by the news of the world. That has been known for years. There were criminal court cases about it. There's no ambiguity there. The contentious, controversial bit of it is Harry claiming that the son hacked phones. So, you know, in my view, William and Harry should be perfectly entitled to compensation in relation to the news of the world. The bit that needs to go to court and to go to trial in order to be proved would have been the bit about the son. So, in other words, what has now happened is the son have succeeded in knocking a huge chunk out of this lawsuit because the judge said there is no real evidence to support this idea of this shadowy secret agreement, this kind of sinister pact between the palace and Murdoch. Um, And it also, parts of that argument kind of contradicted what Harry had said in the rest of his case. So that got thrown out as well. Um, And so Harry is left with this kind of much smaller, less high profile portion, which is just about whether there were other unlawful practices. Um, It's much less high profile, much less controversial because it was phone hacking that sunk the news of the world specifically. So that will go to trial, the unlawful uh, other unlawful practices, but even that could still be deemed to have been filed too late at trial. And that is the technicality of all this. But obviously, what's kind of more interesting than the technical details is actually, I think, the 
uh, emotional resonance of it all. And um, it was reported by a lot of outlets, almost like it was a win for Harry, because the judge did keep that part of the case that related to other unlawful practices, the blagging, basically. But obviously, you do not go into a lawsuit with the expectation of falling at the first hurdle in relation to some of the claims that are most important to you. Um, You go into the lawsuit with the expectation that in an ideal world, your entire complaints, your entire allegation will proceed to trial. Um, And I think Harry will be profoundly frustrated that the biggest, most high profile, most significant chunk of it has failed. Um, And there's a couple of major reasons why I think he'll be so furious Firstly, he he spoke about this idea that the claim had been filed too late in his witness statement to the High Court, and here is what he had to say. My view is, how can anybody possibly trust, be influenced by, or accept a media organisation that enjoys the liberties of free press when its senior executive and board cover up the truth by making false denials, i.e. lying, concealing documents, creating fake email chains and destroying evidence, including both emails and computer hardware, and then have the gall to try to strike out people's legitimate claims on the basis that they should have known they had a claim much earlier. How on earth could these people know the extent of their claims when NGN, that's the publisher of The Sun, has gone to such great lengths to conceal the truth and destroy evidence, when they have the powers that they have and where the police and the government of the day are scared to hold them accountable or seek justice against them, they can truly believe they are above the law. And he said this all makes him feel completely helpless and hopeless. Um, And I do kind of see a historic resonance here because Harry has spoken before about how frustrated he was that he felt that the paparazzi photographers who were following Princess Diana when she died in a car crash in Paris in 1997 escaped justice. Um, How frustrated he is that they weren't kind of properly criminally prosecuted and sent to prison. Um, and I think that it's, it feels to him like a kind of recurring theme that the people who have tormented him, tormented his mother, tormented Megan, um, always get away with it. And part of the point of these lawsuits is to try to, you know, he's trying to seek accountability himself. He's trying to kind of meet out justice to the people who he thinks have been getting away with it because of a corrupt relationship between media and government. So what I think will be particularly kind of anger inducing about it all is that he's not actually had an answer you know that it's not even that he lost because he didn't have the evidence or because it never happened he's lost on a technicality um so that i think is going to be particularly frustrating for him but also there are some actual kind of personalities involved in all of this um you know obviously harry does have people he doesn't like and one of those is rebecca brooks the current chief executive of News UK, um, who's a past editor of both The Sun and The News of the World. And she was a major figure in the phone hacking scandal. She was actually criminally prosecuted, but acquitted um, on allegations of phone hacking. And, you know, for him to get this ruling against the company that she is now chief executive of in relation to a newspaper she previously edited, like that would be big for Harry. Rebecca Brooks is, anyone who's read Harry's book may remember there's a kind of slightly bizarre nickname he puts in there. He he calls somebody Rehabber Kooks. Uh, Always struck me as slightly bizarre that, but that person is in fact Rebecca Brooks. And when she was editor of the News of the World, she did this story um, on uh, Harry taking drugs while he was at Eton. 
And Harry felt that his family sold him down the river. Charles's, you know, PR spin doctor spun him under the bus. The book says uh, by doing a deal with Rebecca Brooks. So you know, she is on Harry's like she's very high up on the list of people in the media that Harry doesn't like. And it would have been um, a major victory for him if he could get that ruling. Um, there's also the issue of the kind of general smell of failure. Like you don't want a smell of failure; you want a smell of success. And so this is another kind of dent in the armour. It's another knock for Harry um, on the back of a whole load of others from the collapse of their Spotify deal to um, the kind of big cultural backlash against Harry's memoir, Spare. Um, So, you know, a victory on the remaining bit of the case would really help to offset that. But the judge did actually say some stuff in his judgment about how there there is a distinct possibility that, you know, the, the other section could still be ruled to have been filed too late, even at trial after they've kind of thrashed out the arguments in slightly more detail. Um, so that will concern him, I think. And there's also the implications for the other lawsuits. So he's already had the trial in his mirror group lawsuit. He doesn't have to worry quite so much there. But, you know, there is still a big question mark of over whether he's done enough to prove that his, you know, he is a phone hacking victim at the hands of the mirror. He's definitely a phone hacking victim at the hands of the news of the world. But, you know, that's what we're waiting to find out in his mirror group case. He also has a very similar argument that's being thrashed out in his lawsuit against the Daily Mail and its sister titles. So they are also trying to get Harry's case thrown out on the basis that he's filed it many years after he should have done. So he's he's going jumping through hoops there as well. I actually think it's possible that he has a stronger case in relation to the Daily Mail because the Daily Mail was never really caught up in the phone hacking scandal. You know, there were never never any really kind of like con- concrete allegations or claims of phone hacking at Daily Mirror Group newspapers, um, whereas obviously The Sun is the sister title of the News of the World, and the News of the World was the absolute like epicenter of the phone hacking scandal. And so it's the same company that owns both newspapers. So the, what it was called a limit, it's called a limitation argument, the argument that he filed it too late. So I think there's a, a little bit more for The Sun to go on there. Um, and Harry might be slightly more successful with the mail. But I can't, I mean, from his point of view, he's sunk a huge amount of money into these cases. Uh, it's been suggested to us that the final bill, if he were to lose them all, could hit, be in the region of $20 million. So kind of more than he spent on his house, uh, his mansion in, in Montecito with all its um, famed bathrooms. Um, so, you know, if more of these cases start to go south, then the bill goes up because you have to pay the other side's costs if you lose, even on sort of small component parts. So there will almost certainly be a costs award in relation to this chunk that he's lost. And then, you know, the other thing is the reaction at News UK. Like, I, I would imagine if you're standing outside News UK headquarters in London Bridge, uh, where, you know, if you shut your eyes and the traffic noises were all to disappear for a moment, you'd probably hear the sound of champagne corks popping. They have certainly described it as a significant victory for them. And for sure, they would have been very frustrated themselves if they had lost on phone hacking. That would have been a major dent in the newspaper's reputation. And it's kind of an interesting thing because I feel like a lot of people had really assumed that with the news of the world going down, that the sun must have been doing it too. And there's a chance that Perry, by having a swing and a miss here, actually sort of undermines that whole argument. But I think probably most prominently for him will be the idea that they're the ones celebrating and he's the one licking his wounds. I don't think that will sit well with Harry at all. It's not 100% not the reason he filed these lawsuits.
Um, and that is a lot to take in. So on that note, I'm going to take a quick break. But before we do, just a reminder to rate and review The Royal Report on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your favourite shows. When I'm back, Prince Harry's ecotourism project Travelist has become a little shy about promoting him. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show, where I'm still talking about Prince Harry, but this time in relation to a major project aimed at tackling climate change. So Travelist was launched in 2019, um, and it brings together some of the biggest players in the world of international tourism. So you've got like TripAdvisor or Trip.com Group, I think is the overarching corporate name. Um, Booking.com, Skyscanner, Visa, Google are big, big players in this industry. And the point of it is to kind of save tourism and air travel by making it sustainable. So the website kind of puts it quite succinctly by saying that if it cannot be made environmentally sustainable, then the kind of tourism by air industry potentially could die out as countries around the world have to meet emissions targets. So what they're trying to do is find an avenue for it to become sustainable so that tourism to countries overseas that, you know, requires air travel can still be a part of our future as the world reacts to climate change. Um, Now, at Newsweek, we've noticed that there seems to be a stark difference in how Travelist PR has been conducted in 2023 compared to previous years. Now, this year, Harry kind of struggles to get a mention in some of their press releases compared to past years when he was sent to stage. I think the clearest example of this was a May announcement about Travelist leaving its pilot phase and entering like a whole new era in its history. Um, So this came about a week after Harry and Meghan released their big statement about being chased by the paparazzi in New York. People might remember that. It was all over the news at the time. Um, They'd been to an awards gala, and as they left, they were followed by the paparazzi, they said, for a couple of hours. And it was a whole big thing. Their account was challenged. You know, you know the drill, right? It was a big kind of big debate about whether they were trustworthy, etc., and then the following week, Travelist and Travelist made this announcement about the end of their pilot phase. They had a whole new board uh, taking them into a brave new era. They now represent companies with a total value of a couple of trillion dollars. So big numbers flying around, lots to boast about, uh, which is obviously what you want in an organization like this. But there was no mention of Harry anywhere in the press release, despite the fact he founded Travelist and despite the fact that this is seemingly a key pivotal moment in its development. Other press releases from 2023 mention Harry, but only at the very bottom. There's like a little about Travelist blurb. Anyone who's ever seen a press release will will know what I mean. It's like right at the bottom. It just gives you the kind of like background facts to go with the announcement. Um, It just sort of explains what the organization does. But this is totally different to 2022 when he was kind of like front and center in almost every press release, either in the intro or a bullet point right at the top or pretty prominently quoted. You know, quotes are important because journalists can take those and use them to create a story. And 2022, there he is. He's, you know, he's front and center in virtually every press release. And 
now he's missing. And it's really interesting, I think, that actually those press releases got a lot less cover. In fact, the, the big announcement about leaving the pilot phase and entering a new era got no coverage in any news organization as far as I have been able to find, certainly online. And, you know, in its three-year history, Travelist has only had one other news release where Harry wasn't mentioned at all. The overwhelming majority of their press releases in their entire three-year existence, um, Harry was very prominent, uh, if not mentioned at the top, then, you know, quoted halfway down or whatever. Um, So what does this all mean and why does it matter? Because it might sound a little bit like I'm just kind of like splitting hairs here, but I think what it looks an awful lot like is that maybe in the aftermath of Harry's book and their Netflix show, um, and maybe even this argument with the New York paparazzi, maybe to some of these brands, Harry is starting to feel like he's just a bit too toxic for PR purposes. Um, Now, I understand that he is still involved behind the scenes and in contact with the chief executive and so on, but perhaps putting their best foot forward does not currently mean using Harry for branding purposes. And if that's the case, honestly, I think that's a shame. But I, I also get it, you know, like they've got to think about the success of this project. Um, and I think it really crystallizes just how important it is that Harry and Meghan repair some of the damage done to their reputations over December and January. Um, and, you know, I've spoken about this before, but the reaction to Spare and Harry and Meghan, the Netflix show, um, was just so different to the reaction to their Oprah interview, for example, after Oprah, you know, this back in 2021. It was like a bomb had gone off. And the idea of mocking or ridiculing Harry and Meghan felt completely inappropriate to a lot of commentators just because of the gravity of the story they told, particularly the discussion about race and Meghan sharing that she had experienced suicidal thoughts. And, you know, in the aftermath of that, it, it, you know, a kind of chill wind blew through the corridors of news organizations that had been heavily critical of them. Whereas in January, in his book, Harry starts talking about getting frostbite on his, you know, on his Auburn scepter, on his, in his private place. And suddenly he's a figure of ridicule. He's a laughingstock. Um, now, Travelist is a project that dates back to before Harry and Meghan quit the royal family. So the original brand partners would have felt like they were getting into bed with a working royal you know, an actual representative of the monarchy and, you know, a royal family member serving the queen. But then four months later, Harry and Meghan obviously quit. Travelist, though, did stick with them through that whole initial period of, you know, several, a couple of years when they were not working royals and they were getting a lot of negative publicity, including about their use of private jets, which is obviously pertinent to Travelist's work. In fact, like in a way, really pertinent, because especially in the early stages of Travelist, there was some talk about carbon offsetting. And Harry had tried to defend his own private jet use by reference to carbon offsetting. And it, it didn't actually go down that well with environmental activists who are not necessarily keen on offsetting because a lot of people in climate movements believe that the status quo cannot continue and offsetting simply doesn't work or doesn't work fast enough. So clearly, you know, it feels like January and December marked a fundamental shift where the criticism of Harry and Meghan and the negative backlash against them really like stepped up a gear and went beyond what had come from the British tabloid press previously to that point. Um, I do think that we'll probably see Harry, you know, Harry front and centre in Travelist's publicity in the future. Uh, I think a lot of the ill feeling towards him in America has kind of already died down a lot. Um, we've seen that in polling we've done here at Newsweek through um, Redfield and Wilton strategies. So 
they did plunge quite reasonably substantially into negative territory in their net approval ratings, but they are both back in positive numbers now. Um, and Harry, you know, he's he's really back up there in the eyes of the American public, the latest polling I've seen shows. So realistically, it is probably only a matter of time, but Harry and Meghan do need to really get back on the horse with some new successful projects that work and show that they're still capable of doing things that people just straightforwardly like and are interested in without there needing to be some kind of controversy about the monarchy involved. And, you know, let's hope that they do it. But I'm going to take one more quick break. And before I do, just a reminder to follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jack underscore Royston, and you will find all my latest stories for Newsweek. When I'm back, Prince Harry is heading to Japan and Singapore to play polo for a good cause. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Now, on the subject of getting back on the horse, Harry will be out raising money for charity in Singapore on August the 12th, and he will be playing polo uh, alongside his friend Nacho Figueres uh, in the Centre Bali ISPS Hand a Polo Cup at Singapore Polo Club. There will no doubt, you know, there'll be great pictures, I'm sure, and they always are at the polo, and a few days earlier on August the 9th, Harry will be in Japan for a summit put on by ISPS. Um, So it should be a good bit of positive publicity for Harry and remind everybody of the good work he does, the charity work. Um, Centre Barley is a great cause. They help support young people with HIV and AIDS in Southern Africa. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's probably one of the best charities. You know, Centre Barley and Invictus is some of the best work that Harry has done in his time as a royal. Um, And please, by all means, do go out and try and support the charity if you can. It will also, for what it's worth, you know, this is really the slow season on the Royal Beat in the UK because the UK-based royals are all up at Balmore in Scotland where they spend their summer holiday. And Harry and Meghan were reportedly invited, um, but in all honesty, if they go, I will eat my hats, I will eat all their crowns, I'll eat like a good chunk of Windsor Castle and maybe even like a steak coach or something. Um, because I mean, like, can you imagine? <laughs> imagine William, William, Kate, Charles, Camilla uh, sat there up a Balmoral, and who should walk in the door? None other than Prince Harry and Meghan. I mean, you know, you can imagine 
it would yeah it would feel like a cold wind had blown through Balmoral Castle and what on earth would they talk about how would they even begin to pick apart what um, Harry puts in his book so uh, I don't see it I don't think it's going to happen and I will not be holding my breath but thank you very much for listening and that's it for this episode of the Royal Report be sure to join me every week when I visit the latest royal headlines embark on some royal deep dives and riff on all things royal until next time I'm Jack Royston thank you for listening and a curtsy to you all